0: Lob Talk Radio. Witches. Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show. So if bad language, bodily functions, or dirty talk of any kind might offend you, this may not be the show for you, but I'm kind of thinking it is. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your witching needs. Poppets, oils, candles, sprays, you name it, she's got it, wickedwitchstudios.com. Also check out Dorothy's book, amongst all of her other books, the latest one she did, Utterly Wicked, fantastic book, I highly recommend. Speaking of books I highly recommend, I want to recommend today's guest's book, uh, I have with me today the amazing Anwin Avalon, and I want to recommend her book, Water Witchcraft, which is a wonderful book. And my highlight book of the week, I don't know why my guest is on hold. There she is. Now she's back. Okay. And my other shout-out book for the week is Love Spells. It is not out yet. Love Spells for the Modern Witch by Michael Herkus. It's a great book. Also highly recommend. That's wonderful. I'm just saying be on the lookout. Look for pre-orders because it's wonderful like Michael himself. Anyway, my guest is back, the amazing Anwin Avalon. Hello, my lovely. Hello.
1: Thank you for having me. And sorry I dropped off there for a second, but I, I jumped right back
0: on. <laughs> I know, and I am very appreciative. So tell me, it's been a while since we've spoken. I don't even remember the state of the world the last time we had a conversation. I know we you you had mentioned earlier off the air that we had talked about toilet water, which is yes, yeah, so fucking me. By the way, I'm Raina Star. I'm your hostess. There you go. Um, but I did <laughs> want to say I meant to tell you something. Remember, the one, I think the very first time you were on the show, we talked about the fact that there was a knocking in my sink, and you said I should talk to the water spirits, and I did, and it stopped, but now it started <laughs> again, and I think it's a visiting spirit that comes around when the weather starts to get warm, and I found that very interesting, and I wanted to know if you had a take on that at all. Oh, that is interesting. Like the first the first time or when you just
1: said right now, you know, uh when the weather gets warmer. Um, I was like, Ooh, a yeah. seasonal local spirit. I like that idea. Uh-huh. Um, and that I mean yeah. it makes a lot of sense too. Um, if there's, you know, migratory animals then why not migratory spirits? And it would account for why we have um you know, the sp- similar spirits or the same spirit stories and folklore and magic and, and mythos, um, in different locations. Um, the other thing that I was thinking is it it just could be time to maybe have another talk. Um, there's, there's a, a large group of, I, I shouldn't say a large group. There's a, there's a section of, of water spirits that, um, are very transactional in their relationships. Um, So it might be that they need something um, and perhaps you could um, maybe help them out. And, uh, yeah, it's very transactional Mm -hmm. because there's there's devotional ways to work with spirits, but, but some of them are very much like, no, I don't want to be your friend. But I see who you are and what you do, and we could be allies. So, like, reciprocity then comes in. I'll give to you, you give to me. Um, so, you know, if they're back, I would drop back in and ask them, ask them why. Um, and maybe there's a seasonal cool. thing. Maybe there's a seasonal creek near you that needs to be tended or they want you to be aware of. Um, because those are, you know, seasonal creeks, they're still like very magical places, um, and water spirits do dwell within them, and they're also seasonal. So I don't know. Do you have a seasonal tree near you?
0: Not to my knowledge, but I will tell you briefly a story that was told to me this morning. I arrived at my office very, very early, like 6 a.m., And the gentleman who was there before, or actually at the same time as me, he comes into my office, and he's white as a sheet, and he says, I have to tell you what just happened, but I don't want to frighten you, obviously. I'm in the broom closet at my day job. To, with certain people. This guy happens to be a very serious Christian, so he doesn't necessarily need to know. But he comes in, right? And, but he comes in and he's like, I have to tell you, there, I, I, I heard a noise as I was turning on the lights in the warehouse. And it was up at the bathroom. And there's, I heard the water go on. And then I heard the water go off, and the door shut really abruptly for no reason. He wasn't near it. Um, And he was so flipped out. He's like, please don't tell anybody. They're going to think I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, they're spirits. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, don't be freaked out. Like I said, he's very Christian, so it made him very, very nervous. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's like, well, I do believe in ghosts, which I found interesting. Um, But, yeah, they kind of do, even though they don't admit it Uh, sometimes, depending on how fundamentalist they are. But he was like, yeah, I didn't want to scare you, but, you know, I think there's a spirit living in the bathroom. And he's like, I've heard these noises before, and he got really freaked out because it slammed the door in his face. And then he opened the door and he said, there was nothing in there. It was freaking me out. I'm like, don't be freaked out. Everything's fine. And he calmed right down. But he's like, you know, I I do think that there's a a spirit in there. So I I wanted to ask you, you know, because I think people don't realize that spirits are not just in our homes or in haunted houses or, you know, in places you would, quote, unquote, expect them they're everywhere because they're fucking spirits right right
1: exactly and it's well i do think that witches and mystics and and spiritual people tend to have more spirits around them just because again relationships with nature and the the other world and deities and such um but they are everywhere um and you i actually grew up in um a baptist home very very fundamental christian in fact um they're still all very so you know i'm the resident uh black sheep slash witch of the house or family you know i don't i don't dwell gotcha. within their home but um but yeah so right. there is this there is this belief it's more of a fear based belief but you know you know i grew up knowing that there were like spirits and ghosts in fact growing up Baptist slash evangelical, we had a ghost in the house. Like, it was, like, just, like, a normal thing. And the front door would be locked, and then it would just unlock itself and open, and, like, it would happen regularly. It was very, very strange. Um, So, you know, there's – it. it's not just, you know – ghosts around graveyards and, and, uh, there's, yeah, absolutely spirits everywhere, but, oh my gosh, so you're talking about a spirit in the bathroom and like my mind goes to Harry Potter and, um, moaning Myrtle and I was like, well, she's a bathroom spirit. Um, and yeah. doesn't in a couple a couple of different places, she kinda messes the bathroom up. She haunts the bathrooms, right? Um, and she breaks yeah. all the pipes and, and she, like does a whole bunch of stuff and um floods it and all sorts of things which are kind of funny to me because I'm like, Yeah, like, you know, Harry Potter it's it's all, you know, fictional, it's all like made up, but at the same time there's so many things that are like, Ooh, you know, that's not too far off from the truth or reality um so yeah (laughs) my brain went there first um with yeah you know hey why not but we talked about toilet water last time you know and and you were like hey like what about this can (laughs) can spirits dwell in in toilet water what do they think and um something that's come up a lot this this month is talking about (laughs) a concept that's called like a black well now, first off, don't love that particular terminology, although it fits well within the Celtic otherworld, especially within Glastonbury right. because there's the red and the white springs, but there's also a little known black well. So but within like Celtic magic, especially in, in the um, well and, and sacred well and sacred spring traditions, there is a black well, um, or a, a type of, of water that is actually either poisonous or dirty or actually turns uh silver black so there's there's a couple different accounts um like, one of them, I think, is a version of King Arthur's story where he brings his men to a um, – they find a, a spring for them to drink their horses, to drink water, and the horses die uh-huh. because the water's poisoned. So, it, it you know, it earns the name Blackwell. And then in another folk account, a silver coin is placed into the water, and when you retrieve it, it has a chemical reaction and turns the coin actually black. But then also sulfur springs can – Kind of fit under that, and then any wells that are dirty, or um, moving out of wells and into things like ditch water, um, these like mm-hmm. grimy waters, um, they have purpose um, and can can all be used in magic. And a couple of years ago, one of my uh, water magic students that uh, in my my nine month course. Um, they were kind of working with, like, a reservoir, and about that time, they started to be like, I think that there's a spirit that lives there, but it's, like, not appropriately, mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. you know, someone else was posting about a Kelpie that they w- were pretty sure was living in the reservoir in their area, and that was partially because of all the body parts that kept getting found, um, and this was all yeah. within, you know, here in, in the U.S., so within the New World, Um, not just Scotland um where where they would originate right so um so this idea of, of spirits more maybe malevolent or mischievous or unkind unfriendly um tend to dwell within these places or around these places perhaps because you know if you are Kelpie it's a great idea to be hanging out in a reservoir where you can you know just take your prey and and chomp them up like the old Scottish stories um But, uh, yeah, so why not, right? Like, why not have a bathroom spirit? Um, It could be a local spirit, a spirit of place. It could be some sort of, like, ghost ancestral spirit that is somehow attached. I would almost be curious to find out if anybody had died in the building or in any of the buildings that share the plumbing (laughs) Um, and find out if it's a ghost. Because I could see... I could see that, mm-hmm. um, you know, being being kind of stuck in that place, especially if for a lot of people work, especially if they work there for many, many, many years, it becomes a second home and they can have an attachment to a workplace or an office, you know, room in a big building just as they would their home. And in some cases, they might be even more attached to it if it was their own business or something like that. So why not? It would absolutely follow you know, kind of the, the principles of, of haunting. <laughs> there are haunting principles.
0: Um, I'm not nice. a paranormal
1: investigator. So I don't know, uh-huh. um, you know, the the ins and outs of, of, of that type of thing. But, um, you know, ancestral spirits are ghosts. Ghosts are ancestral spirits. They're, they're one and the same. Um, and, and maybe to varying degrees. But uh, I think it would be, com- like, Very plausible. And as a witch, like, if I were you but this maybe this is just me. Mm -hmm. uh, I I would I would want to find out who
0: it (laughs) was. I'd be in that I see I do. You're right. I do. And the thing is, is that I couldn't make it up there without it looking suspicious. So I'm going to wait until Tuesday when there's more people around because it's just going to be me and him first thing in the morning. And it's not something you want a large crowd around you for when you start investigating this kind of thing. I mean, all I need are my coworkers to look at me and go, crazy ass witch. Although they do that anyway, but I don't think they mean it the way we do. Um, But, yeah. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of spirits in the building. The building happens to be pretty old and in our neighborhood there's there's been tons of murders. I mean, over the decades, you know, there's there's been lots of murders up and down this place we call freedom. I, that's the name of the street. It's freedom. Um and wow. there's been okay. murders all the way up and down, all over the place. It's pretty amazing. Um, it's it's uh You know, it's, it's very old. There have been all kinds of things built and torn down. Accidents have happened there. Accidents happen in front of my building all the time. People speed, and then they hit a transformer pole, and it's just crazy. I mean, all kinds of craziness has happened. So it would not surprise me if even during the building of the building itself, if there were not an accident of some sort and somebody was maybe in that location 60 years ago and, you know, nobody really recognized the fact that there was a spirit there, but now my happy ass is there. So they're like, Oh, we can tap that bitch. She she'll recognize us. So now that I've made aware of it, I know to travel up that Hill to that part of the building and and say, Hey, what's up. (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah. Like sometimes I
1: think that I, I do believe that that magical folks, you know, if you call yourself a witch or not, you know, those people that are are tapped in, that have one foot in the other world, they we carry a different signature than your typical, you know, everyday person, your your muggle, so to speak. Um, and uh, I I I think that they can sense that because even as you know, a young child, I remember. Um like seeing spirits and interacting with them and, and just being like, mm-hmm. Well what do you mean nobody else can see them? What are we talking about? I don't understand. Right. Um so, you know, and I was always like very tapped into to nature and, and the spirit world when I was younger. Um, very strange child, yeah. you know. Um, catching frogs oh, and snakes yeah. and mason jars. Mm-hmm. You know. But I was wondering uh-huh. too, I forgot, you know, you're you're in the city. Um and so yeah. like you're in a big city that's been around for a long, long time. So the likelihood of there yeah. being somebody that passed away, um, you know accidental, it was just their time, murder, you know, like there's there's a lot of, of potential
0: for that. Maybe even more than once. Yeah, and I think people forget about the fact that, you know, as many people as have lived and died in America, on the planet, wherever it is, I would would venture to guess that nine times out of ten, wherever you are, somebody probably fucking died there at some point, whether it was 100 uh years ago, 1,000 years ago a farming accident, a traffic accident. I mean, it's it's so curious to me that, you know, people don't really think about that, but think about how many times the planet has been populated over and over and over again over the the centuries. And, you know, you start to wonder, it's like are there specific places that people have died that attracts other spirits to die at that same location i don't know it's just to me it's just a fascinating circlical thing um you know life and death and rebirth and all of that because i'm one of these witches that thinks lots of different shit all of it may be bullshit i don't know but these are the things that go through my mind when i'm getting my first cup of coffee i don't know Maybe
1: it's maybe. <laughs> Yeah. No, hey, these are things I think about too. And speaking of like water spirits and such, um, I I heard that you mentioned my book Water Witchcraft, but um I had a new book come out this year. Um, and so I can't remember if I told you that. Um and it's called The Way no. of the Water Priestess. Uh, and, the way uh of the Water Priestess a, Yes, so it's it's kind of a follow up to Water Witchcraft, also a bit of a prequel, and also um, a gentle, like maybe non witchcraft look at um, what like spirituality around water, um, because many people will say, oh, like why why did you decide to write this, or you know these these questions that come up when you, the book first gets published, and. The answer is, well, the water spirits made me do it. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and the reason I say this is um, it's very, like what I was talking about before, it's transactional. Um, lots of relationships with spirits um, can be in devotion, which I, I have some, and some are transactional. And there has been many times I've asked for aid. And, um, you know, the, the, the conversation of, you know, reciprocity came up. And it was like, oh, what, what is it that you you know, need or want or etc. And I kept getting this like hit to, to write another book, write another book. And I went on pilgrimage to Glastonbury and, and came back from that and uh, really just started taking what was left over, what didn't make it into Water Witchcraft and put it into a mm-hmm. new book. And I I had this, uh, I guess, cast this great task of creating something that was for more people than just witches. Mm-hmm. So I have the, you know, I have the platform, I've got the water, I've got, you know, all of this, but my love, my passion is witchcraft and I love folk magic. Mm-hmm. And um but my training, original my my magical training came what like from witchcraft and also metaphysics my teachers were very um very very opposite i mean they they were yin and yang um my you know my high priestess she was a reiki master and, and a massage therapist and a, a body worker healer um you know and she really de- deals with kind of the the more metaphysical realms and then my um my other teacher he is everything dark traditional witchcraft. I mean, um, Uh you know, vast imagery and um, old grimoires and, like, folk magic and, you know, um, they used to have these, like, wonderful uh, gatherings and um, had big wicker Mm -hmm. mans that we would burn and goat masks and, you know, all all of... Yeah. All of this great stuff. He would, on and he would, he would bring it out and um, we'd have these huge outdoor circles. They were wonderful. Um, so uh-huh. I had this like really like duality, this dual kind of, um, I feel very much like I'm in between, right? The bridge between both. And I, I uh-huh. enjoy my crystals. I do. I enjoy my crystals. Yeah. I love them so much. I've been collecting rocks since I was a child and it's, when I grew up, it was very much like, ah, crystals, those are just, like, pretty rocks, you know, but then (laughs) I'm also, I'm also, I really love my bones, and yes, you know, picking up roadkill on the side of the road is is a thing, Um, so bones and and crystals and stones, it's just, like, this dual path, Um, but there was this push for, well, what about people that are maybe interested in spirituality? What about people that go to metaphysical shops and buy, you know, their supplies and look for books, but they don't practice witchcraft? Um, And Mm -hmm. so this is kind of where Water Priestess was born, and and the direction it went was a, like, non-path-specific look at water magic. And really kind of... um, walking this path of being one with the water and with nature and um one of the things that we look at in this book are ancestral priestesses or ancestral uh magical people because you know we talked we're just talking about ghosts and this was a long way to get to this point but we were just talking about ghosts and ancestral spirits but um, you know and all of, like you had said like that people of, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, maybe even thousands of years, people have been, you know, living and dying. And so these things, these spirits, these remnants or these energies or entities are going to linger or, you know, stay or somehow be connected to to different locations. Um, yeah. And so I thought, oh, hey, what a perfect time to start talking about, like, purposely talking, like, working with some of these spirits. Because, like you said, for hundreds of years, maybe even thousands of years, people have been living and dying, which means that there are ancestral spirits
0: um, of yeah.
1: spirit, you know. So I, there's, I categorize them land, blood, and spirit, land being, like, the local, the physical spirits that lived and died, right? And then your blood ancestors yeah. are your actual, like, family line, um, which can be good and bad. Sure. Um, and some people want yeah. to work with that that particular line and some people don't and that's great too but then yeah. there's this third category which are spirit ancestors. spirit ancestors so like people that would belong to like your soul group or if they were like living and breathing in flesh and blood right now y'all would probably be besties or going to the same conference you know like that type of yeah. um ancestral spirit where you're like oh like I see myself in them or oh they were a doctor I'm a doctor um and and kind of having this similar soul purpose um and so I started working Mm -hmm. with ancestral priestesses um and especially water priestesses because I'm I'm convinced that there were water priestesses in antiquity but we just we -hmm. have like teeny tiny fragments like slivers of information that don't paint yeah. the full picture you know it's like we have like eight or nine strands of like thread for an in and trying to put an entire tapestry together it's um it's almost sure. impossible but we still have those strands and they they point you know towards us like hey there were like women maybe men too probably both um that yeah. were living and breathing in the ancient world and some sort of sacred service to a deity or, you know, a temple. And with Sulis Minerva, who is um, one of the goddesses that, that I'm, uh, that I work with very, very closely. In fact, long story with her, but um, I first encountered her when I was like very, very young in her temple in Bath. Um, And uh, I just started visiting, like, Over and over Uh and over again, um, uh, like different summers uh, every couple of years. And then in my adulthood, I started, now that I had all this knowledge and can start putting it together, um, you know, there were priests that worked in her temple and we know this because... the curse tablets that were found again, here we go with this duality, right? So like bath and, and Sulis, this mm-hmm. is like a healing place. This place is known for healing. Yeah. She is known to be a healing goddess. Water is known to be healing. Sacred Springs are known to be healing. But yet when we did the excavations, which they're still doing, which is amazing to me, but they found curse tablets. I mean, and I'm not talking one or two, I'm talking like a hundred, 150 plus. Um, And most of them were written in Latin, but some of them were written in Celtic languages or partial um, Celtic and and Latin. And uh, there's one that's like some strange unknown Celtic language as well that they haven't been able to decipher. But a person would go to her temple and pay a priest um, to create this lead tablet, and then it would be like folded and um, thrown into her sacred waters. And so during the excavations, they were able to retrieve them. And you can actually see these curse tablets. It's so cool. You can see these curse tablets on um, their website. It's romanbath.co.uk. And just take the virtual tour, and you actually get to do like a, a full visual tour of this water temple. And you can see these wow. curse tablets, and they're great they're great it's like dear Sula's Minerva please this, you know such and such took my tunic please let them never find peace never let them sleep let all of the money you know no prosperity nothing until they returned my tunic um or you know such and such stole two of my you know gold bracelets and you know may they you know find unhappiness until they're returned like these type of things and uh it's, it's quite fascinating, um, and I love, love, love that about water, how it's both. And I think that my book, Water Witchcraft, really takes us into some of the murkier waters, into the darker waters where we talk about things like Kelpies or, like, old healing charms where, yeah, you catch frog and you chop off its legs and you put them in a bag and you wear that around your neck for healing. And so while it still has, like, a pretty, like, happy... Uh, energy to it, uplifting energy to it. It definitely covers a lot of these um, other other types of practices. I mean, wells can be healing and cursing, and it's not you know Thuleus's temple is not the only one that has been known to curse. Um, and yeah. um, the. Even if we look at the ocean, it has the same energy where it's like, okay, if you look at the surface on a beautiful day in the Caribbean, oh, my gosh, it's like the most gorgeous, beautiful thing that you have ever seen. The brightest colors, the most clear water, uh, the sand is just gorgeous, even the fish and the the life that is living in these waters, it is just beautiful. Like, the colors are so stunning, and it's almost surreal. And then you go out real far and drop way down into the dark depths of the ocean and you have things like the anglerfish which have you ever seen the anglerfish?
0: Not – I don't know. Oh, is it the really super okay. ugly one? I thought it was called a stonefish. I don't know. I'm not really up on my fish speak. Please explain. It's like this it's like this
1: big okay so it's like a a black fish and it's it's kind of like short but, like, big at the same time. So it's, it's like a pancake, kind of, um, where it's <laughs> roundish. And it has these insane, like, teeth, um, almost like a crazy underbite with, like, needle-looking teeth. And then it has this little thing that dangles over the top of its head, and it has, like, a little light on it. And they live in complete darkness. And this is actually how they catch their prey, is this little, hang this light bulb, like, hangs over the top of this fish's head. It's not a light bulb, but, you know, that's just the best way for me to describe it, is basically like this little, like, fishy light bulb hangs right in front of its head, and it'll it lives in complete darkness, like, way in the depths, like, they actually call this, like, the, I believe it's called the Twilight Zone. Um, if it doesn't live within the Twilight <laughs> Zone, there is a Twilight Zone. I'm going to talk about that in a second, too. Um, so, the, these, like, gigantic needle teeth, and it's got this little light, and um, it, that's how it tricks its prey. The little tiny fish or the, the other fish are, like, oh, hey, look at this cool light. Let's, like, swim towards it, just like a fly would to the, to the light. And then, <laughs> they just open these big old jaws and like rah.
0: um,
1: you should Google it sometime. Right. It's quite terrifying. <laughs> I mean and, and think about sharks. Oh my. Um, there was we saw I saw footage released of an underwater dive where someone found like a six gilled shark and like that's pretty rare, unheard of. There's there are creatures down in the depths of the ocean that we have not even discovered yet. Um And the twilight zone. Okay. So the twilight zone is this place within like the deep depth darkness of the ocean. And this is where all of those luminescent creatures um, dwell. Like your glow in the dark jellyfish and this, you know, the little tiny fish that are almost completely see-through, but they're like, they've got like bright lights. And so there's this like luminescence to them. Um, And so it's, Just water in general has just such a a, a broad spectrum of everything. Um, And I think that we get so caught up in, in the light side of things. You know, the dolphins and everybody wants to communicate with dolphins and whales. And it's beautiful. But I'm the type that's like, you know, it'd be really cool if I could, like, summon up a megalodon ancestral spirit. Because if you can summon ancestral spirits, why can't you do that with something like the Meg? Right. Mhm.
0: <laughs> oh, I have always, since I
1: was a little kid, I have always been fascinated with the megalodon, and there's really? there are some people that actually believe that in the the really deep dark parts of the ocean that we haven't discovered yet, um, that they still exist. I think that it's probably wishful thinking, but if they find it, I would be very excited. Like, it would be so cool to be like, oh, yeah, there's a megalodon that just, like, still exists, just floating around in the water. Um, but, yeah, even even if that, you know, even if they don't exist, we have their bones, we have fossils, and we have teeth. And um, shark's teeth are very, very powerful and can be used in, magic, of course. Um, they're a natural object. If you can use a chicken bone, then you can absolutely use a shark's tooth. If you think it's a rabbit, you know, a um, little rabbit's foot or a little rabbit's tooth or bone or whatever, then of course you can use something like a shark. Um, and then if you can use shark's teeth, then you can absolutely use megalodon. And those are quite powerful.
0: Wow. Um,
1: yeah, think about, I assume, think well, about quite powerful beasties you know they're huge i mean we're talking sharks like bigger than buses like gigantic yeah. um huge like bigger than the like bigger than the biggest shark that we have ever 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 seen um and you know there's there's also other things like like you know, the Leviathan and who knows, maybe the Kraken. There's a lot of water water witches and water magic folk that that kind of work with these more like beastly ocean spirits. Um which is is I I love the idea. And um it's it's quite interesting. Oh, we said that we were gonna talk about um some uh like things about, like, the weather and everything, but I was just thinking about. Oh, yeah, um,
0: the flooding? Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. The flooding has been nothing. Yeah. What is yeah, happening? I mean, oh, are we going to get There's, washed away? It just seems like people are getting wiped out, you know, buildings are falling, oh, gosh. Uh, people are missing, you know, whether it's fires or structures falling apart, which you have to think in part is due to. You know water damage or or water experiences you know such as incredible flooding monsoons and the like and i mean it's it's very intense so is it all spirit based when something catastrophic like this happens and is there a way for us to better communicate to said spirits to find out how to do more to avoid these incidences so, yes, no. So, this is going to be complicated okay. and layered.
1: Um, so, okay. you know, I was just talking <laughs> about the Kraken for a second, and that made me really think about what's happening in the Gulf right now with we had, like, three different fires in the Gulf of Mexico, which is, like, really strange. And they were very circular looking. And I know that they've been said, oh, they're like oil spills and such. And maybe that's true. I don't know. But it's strange. And so there's there's a lot of weird things going on. Ten years ago, before all of this insane weather and the moon wobble, which I'll talk about in a second, um, it you know I would have been like, yes, like this. We need to appeal to different spirits. Um, you know, we really need to be communicating with them and finding out, like, hey, what can we do to bring rain? What can we do to help the environment? They're definitely interested and invested, not just from my own personal interactions and work, but other people that I talk to, other water priestesses that are not from my, you know, from my teaching, their own, you know, they came to this path through their own uh, way. They have very, very similar thoughts. Um, and so I'm, what I'm saying is it's not just like my own students who are who are you know regurgitating my own thoughts but like other people from other paths maybe um you know not witches but might you know connect with the water they were all very much in the same place where it's like hey we really do need to talk to these spirits we need to be communicating but at the same time now with like what's happening in the world at this particular moment i think that it's more than than just being able to appeal to the water spirits. You know, last, last fall, um, September, my house, um, so I live in the Pacific Northwest, and I woke up in the morning and the sky was mm-hmm. orange, like bright orange, and it was orange all day. And I jumped on Instagram, and my good friend, he's a folk witch, and he lives about 45 minutes south of me, was on his Instagram talking about how they're being evacuated. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if he's being evacuated 45 minutes and, okay, this is, you know, I'm doing math. I'm like, okay, this is how fast the fires are moving, et cetera, et cetera. Well, to keep a long story short, two hours later, fire trucks were racing down my street and three minutes after that the police officers were going through the neighborhoods with the loudspeakers evacuating and it wasn't you need to start packing and get a move on, it was evacuate immediately. And there was a fire that had started um a couple of farms over and it was strange because it was heading south instead of north like the rest of the fires. Um But we had to evacuate in, like, a moment's notice. I had started some preliminary packing um, two hours before, and then we had, like, 20, 30 minutes to get the animals in the car and grab what we could, and off we went. And I was evacuated from my home for a week. Um, The fires came 150 feet uh, is, is where the fire was to my property line. So not to my home. My home itself was a little, was another, you know, 100 uh, feet or 200 feet away. But the property line, the actual corner of the property was 150 feet from where it was. And I'll tell you what, I called every, like, spiritual favor I had. I was calling other witches. I was calling everybody I'd ever cast a spell for for free. Um, Plus, like, the spirit world being like, okay, hey, guys, like, what's going on? Like, what do you need? What's next? Because I don't want to lose my house. Um, and I live on a Creek. Sure. Uh, actually, I live like right on a yeah. Creek. And so I had been establishing relationships with spirits here. And I, I would like to think that that's part in part what, what really saved the place. Um, but it was also crazy because I was right. I was doing my final edits for water priestess in the hotel. Like I was evacuated, and I'm trying to do the final edits on my book before it goes to be published, and I'm in the hotel oh my God, evacuated. That's at the...
0: insane! Wow! Right? That's... Two dogs, wow. four
1: cats. I mean, like a kid. Oh, like all of us, like panicked, watching radar, calling our, you know, the neighbor on the top of the other hill. Can you see our house? Like it was insane. But but. The crazy part about it was is this book that I was trying to write was literally going to give a handbook or a guide to anybody. If you're Christian and all of a sudden you're drawn to be a water priestess, you can be a Christian water priestess and you can pick this book up and you can work. If you happen to practice folk magic or if you just happen to be an atheist, like the idea was to get something for anybody to be able to work with water in a sacred way. And I think that it's vital because it's, it's not too late, but I think with what's going on in the world right now, it's really an indication that things are bad. It's getting to the point of no return. And I have been watching, I was telling my partner this morning, we we went to go get breakfast and, um, I was telling him, I was like, I have never opened up the weather app at like, and seen so many disasters. I'm like, every time I open the weather app, it's like, oh, look, there was a mm-hmm. tornado in Chiesa, in tornado season, where it was supposed to be exactly how it was supposed to be, you know. And, oh, there's a little bit of, you know, a hurricane out on the coast. But, no, I opened up the weather app, and, like, there was, like, I scrolled. It was, like, a landslide in China. There was one in Japan. Then we saw what happened with Yosemite a couple weeks ago or last week where cars were just, like, cars in the parking lot were just washed away as people, like, stood there at the national, like, at the national park basically, like, watching their vehicles just be like, oh, there goes our vehicles. Um, flash floods everywhere the coast
0: Mm -hmm. is crazy
1: uh we've got a red Mm -hmm. tide in florida right now which red tide usually comes every every year um but this year of course they're saying it's extra bad um and then you have extreme mm-hmm. droughts at the same time because California is burning again. Um, I yes. had somebody message me this week and be like, I saw there were fires in Oregon again. Are you okay? And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Like, no, not, not near me. Not yet. But I'm prepared this time. I'm not evacuating until I see flames, first off. And this time I have gas masks. But I never in my life thought that, like, yep, yeah. yeah, I just have a gas mask is a normal thing and that's just for the smoke because when we came back after one week of full evacuation i was living in thick smoke for three more weeks i was boiling herbs on my stove like constantly all day just so that like every couple of minutes we could walk by it stick our faces in it and like get some decent air that wasn't like just you know, and, and you get smoke sickness. Nobody tells you that either, like, that you actually can become very, very ill from living and breathing and that yeah. kind of stuff. I couldn't do anything. Sure. Like, I, I, I just wandered around my house for a week being like, I don't feel good. I don't know why. Because <laughs> the world is crumbling. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's scary. Uh, and this morning, NASA announced that there's
0: a moon wobble.
1: And I, at first when I saw it, I was like, moon wobble. That sounds like crazy, crazy stuff off of the internet. It's probably not real. So I went and I was like, looking around, did a little bit of research. Mm -hmm. Not too deep. So, you know, everybody do their own research. Double check me. Um, But there's like, NASA's like, yeah, between now and like 2030, the moon is going to be wobbling. And it is going to result in really, really, really high-tide type of energies, like all of these floods that we're experiencing. And then it'll result in right. the opposite, which it'll be like really low tides and droughts. So it's going to be, we're going to have this ebb and flow. If you think about just the way the tides work, right? High tide, it comes in, there's extra low tide, it's going out, there's less. But it's it's going to still keep this like cycle of, high and low, but it's going to now be
0: extra freaking high
1: and extra freaking low, and who knows what else, but they're predicting flooding every day on coastal cities, Um, so I just, I honestly don't know, like, what what the future holds, but I still think that we should try... I don't, I don't think it's too late. I think we should do the work. I think that we should continue to connect and contact water spirits and everything else. Um, because, you know, who knows? Maybe we can make a difference. Um, but it's, it's also kind of scary when you see things like Hershey's, who doesn't, you know, the CEO has made statements saying that water is not a human right. Well, our bodies are like... 60 to 80% water, but on a molecular level, we're like 99.9% water, which basically means that like we don't even have a right to the water in our body. Um, but yeah, I have actually in water witchcraft, I have a spell in there to kind of help find those kind of people.
0: Um, yeah. but, uh, the weird yeah, statements, it's- I think, I think that's a very strange thing to say that people aren't entitled to water. On, on, on what grounds did he make this statement?
1: Oh, well, yeah, this is – so he uh, – Hershey's actually has a lot of contracts with uh, state governments, and they drained the aquifers um, for almost next to nothing, um, and this is how they – this is where the bottled water comes from. So um, it was wow. in a fight between a community and their water, and – the CEO, like Hershey's, and in this case, I think it was him, but there's been others too um, that, that basically are like, no, I'm sorry. But, and they're basically like, hey, look, this aquifer is our water supply and it's our right. And he basically was like, no, it's not. But the thing is, is they don't even pay for the water. They, they just come in and they, they pump it out or they pay like pennies on the gallon. And then they sell you mm-hmm. like a $5 bottle of water right back. So it's it's infuriating. It really is because it's like, wait a second, you yes. know, and you want to know why California is like in these droughts and why it's so bad is because the aquifers have been drained by companies like this. I mean, and I know that there are environmental factors too. It's it's not just one or the other, but they're a large contributing factor to why California is burning. And it's it's not good for our future or children's future, you know, or, or the next generation. Um, it's it's very strange. Like, I didn't grow up with these type of things, you know, Um, and I look at my son and I'm like, well, dang it, son. Like, I had no idea that you were going to have to go through, you know, in six months, you were going to be evacuated because of fires. And then we were going to yeah. have a second, nat- nat- you know, natural disaster, which was the ice. because. So we had to evacuate September, October for the fires. And by February, we were under ice. Um, you know, Texas got all the the news about the ice storm that they had because that was insane. You know, um, they were never supposed to get that cold. Um, their infrastructure is not even made for that. Um, and then, but but up here in Portland, um, we were iced in. We were built for snow, but not for ice. And so um, the entire city was out of power for almost like five days. And um, out here wow. in the country, I was I was one of the first people to get it back, and it was seven days. My really good friend up the road. Um, wow. Yeah. Twelve days. It took twelve days to get their power back on. And then we end up this summer with the hottest record ever. Um, so in 2016, Oregon, the the area that I'm in, we hit 106, and that was a record-breaking temperature for the summer, 106. Um, this year, so 2021, mm-hmm. um, we hit 107, and then we hit 108. So two days, we... Broke the record by you know seven eight, and then the next three days went one thirteen, one sixteen, one eighteen, in or in like Portland, Oregon, in the Pacific Northwest, where like we don't even have Oof. air conditioning in our houses because why would you need it? It never gets over ninety degrees. Um, it was one eighteen. And I took a picture. I was in the car, and I took a picture of the temperature because I was like, I if I don't take a picture, I'm not going to believe this. That's actually a thing. Like, I left Arizona. I lived in Arizona for a long time, and I left there specifically so I didn't have to deal with this crazy-ass heat. <sighs> so it's I, I don't know what the future holds, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be up. It's going to be down. And, you know, I think people like um, – you know it's got a deep connection to nature are going to have a little bit of a, a head start because we're already going to be we're already aware of these things we're already trying to balance it out and find how we can um become in balance with nature when it's so
0: out of balance yeah i agree oh my that's god that's a little I just wonder, like, oh it is depressing. And can you believe we've gone through almost an entire hour or again already? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. It's like we have like eight minutes left. And I have oh to give God. you this compliment apropos of nothing. I was watching. Okay, so for folks who don't know, Ann has done videos on YouTube that I love. And I just wanted to say your the, you had one in particular that I really, really loved, and it was you gathering morning dew. And I have to oh, yes. tell you, it was so lovely and peaceful and serene that I just—I—I I think I watched it three times. It was lovely.
1: <laughs> oh, awesome! I, you know, it—it, it, I first off. That's like a, I love doing that Beltane and Summer Solstice. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I love going out and collecting my dew. I got, I was, I really thought I wasn't going to get any this year because how dry it's been. But I did well um, with my Beltane. Um, but yeah, it, I I love doing those. In fact, my Instagram, um, I have a lot of altar videos where I take my partner takes clips as I'm as I'm kind of doing some of my stuff um of, of stirring this or pouring that and they're you know they're 15 to 30 seconds they're not very long and um but people seem to really like this like peaceful water magic so mm-hmm. I keep putting it out as, I turn some of them educational like what you see where I'm like oh hey if you guys like this style like why don't
0: you learn how to do it um so thank you mm-hmm. thank you you're welcome no, I really I really enjoy it when I'm when, and I've had a couple of really stressful weeks. Um, anybody who knows me on Facebook has seen like me post things like, Raina can't come to her page right now, she's exhausted, leave a message. Um, but yeah, I'm like <laughs> overrun right now with, with insanity and um yeah, it's been it's been somewhat nuts. So, yeah, anything that like is peaceful and relaxing and it's not complicated, and it's just watching you walk through a field with your puppies is lovely it just it was so relaxing, so I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed because it, it was oh, great. Okay. And I'm <laughs> looking forward to yeah, I'm looking forward to a lot more of of those videos. I hope you're gonna do a whole bunch more um. So tell people, Anwen, where they can find you and your books. And if you've got something new that you're working on, uh, give everybody the information. All right. Okay.
1: So the best place to find me is on Instagram, and it is Anwen Avalon. You can also find me on YouTube. That's the same name. Um, I think it's just backslash Mm -hmm. Anwen Avalon. Um, and I do my live streams over on Instagram Wednesdays at 11 a.m. And we just have a good time. I read some cards and we talk about things. Um, I also have a Patreon. So if you're interested in supporting me or getting one of the bigger packages where you get, like, a reading and a box of, like, cool things that I grow from my property, um, dance video, like there's dance instruction. There's all sorts of different things on there. So check that out. Um and, again, just Anne and Avalon. You can also find the link direct um, on my Instagram page. Um, my websites are waterwitchcraft.com and waterpriestess.com. Um, I also have Triscoll Rose, that is our coven. That's our coven tradition. Um, and uh, But waterpriestess.com, it's got free water priestess training. Um, it's where I host all of my water priestess content. And waterwitchcraft.com Sweet. is my main account and it's got it's got Uh tons of stuff on there resources um books all sorts of stuff so um yeah that's that's i think all the important stuff oh and i have a patheos blog called the water witch so but if you find me on instagram then you there's a link tree on my instagram and it's got all the links and you
0: can just go from there yes Thank you so much for spending this hour with me. I've missed you. You're fantastic.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I love that we talked about toilets twice, both times. (laughs) (laughs) Or bathrooms, I
0: suppose. Toilets once and bathrooms (laughs) the other. I'm telling you we have come full circle I'm afraid to know what we're going to talk about next time But we are going to talk about something And if something happens in a toilet I I don't know what to tell you But it's something that we're going to have to figure out I don't know why Edwin Avalon you are so wonderful Thank you so much again for coming on I've really enjoyed my time with you Thank you again for having me It's been great It has. I'll talk to you soon. We'll set up another date.
1: Sounds great. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day or evening. (laughs) You take evening. Thank you so
0: much. (laughs) All right, everybody, that's it for today. Tomorrow I will be back at 2 p.m. Eastern time with Storm Fairy Wolf, which I'm very much looking forward to. Have a wonderful evening.